0: It's Sunday morning. I'm Deacon Bob. It's nice of you to join me this morning. This is our first Sunday without Mass due to the coronavirus, or COVID-19, its fancy name. I'm going to reflect on today's scripture reading, so you might want to grab a Bible. We're going to go right to John chapter 9, doing the whole chapter. That's the reading for today's Mass, uh, at least the Gospel reading for today's Mass. There's two others that I'm not going to cover. So you can pause the podcast now, go grab your Bible and turn to John chapter 9 and we'll start when you're back. Okay, all set. I'm going to read the Gospel just like I would at Mass and then I'll reflect on it. God bless. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world." When he had said this, he spat on the ground, and made clay with the saliva, and smeared the clay on his eyes, and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went, and washed, and came back able to see. His neighbours, and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar, said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said no, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such sign? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him, since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We do not know how he sees now, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason his parents said, He is of age, question him. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He replied, If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind, and now I see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? do you want to become his disciples too? they ridiculed him and said you are that man's disciple we are disciples of Moses we know that God spoke through Moses but we do not know where this one is from the man answered and said to them this is what is so amazing that you do not know where he is from yet he opened my eyes we know that God does not listen to sinners But if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you are trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. The one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord. And he worshipped him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying, We see, so your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord As we begin to consider the Gospel, we see in the very first line, Did Jesus pass us by and sees a man blind from birth? Blind from birth. He's never seen anything, absolutely nothing, ever. Now imagine that you have been blind from birth. It's difficult because for most of us, it's so far out of our experience, we don't have a reference to consider it. In the same way, the blind man can't accurately imagine sight. Most of us try to imagine blindness by closing our eyes or blindfolding ourselves, but this is not really fair. To begin with, we who were sighted or lost our sight later in life have an internal image of the world that was formed by sight. We know what it means to look at a distance and recognize someone, to be able to throw and catch a ball, to draw, to recognize expressions and countless other things that sighted people do all the time and take for granted. The blind man knows none of this. And the story that the blind person's other senses become more acute only goes so far in practice. Secondly, when you close your eyes, you see darkness. This is not the same as not seeing. Let me explain. A man born blind literally does not know what he is missing. For example, Tommy Edison is a man born blind. He runs a YouTube channel devoted to his experience of being blind from birth. It's well worth a visit. I'll put a link in the notes. Once, when asked what he would like to do that his blindness prevented him from doing, he responded, I would like to catch a ball. I just can't imagine how you guys do that. If you want to experience a little of what it's like to not see something, try this. Fold your hands in front of you, and raise the two pointer fingers vertically about four inches apart. Now shut your left eye and focus on the tip of your left finger with your right eye. Then move your fingers nearer and further from your eye and see what happens to the tip of your right finger. You should see it disappear when your fingers reach a particular distance from your eyes. This is because you have a blind spot in each eye. It's not black it's just not there at all and normally you never even notice it. So original sin separates us from God at birth and in a real sense blinds us to the truth of God's love for us. And like the man born blind we don't know what we're missing. The sin distorted upside down world we live in seems normal to us Like the blind man, we need to experience Jesus so we can have our spiritual sight healed. Next, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The prevailing view of the day was that sin caused illness, disability, and actually anything negative in our lives. The big question, like today, was why does it seem that sometimes bad things happen to good people and sometimes bad people seem to avoid the suffering that we think should be their due. None of the theories people come up with seem to fit all circumstances. This is the question that karma, reincarnation, and some forms of heaven try to answer. Some of the rabbis thought that one could suffer for the sins of one's parents. This is the basis for the disciples' question, Rabbi, who sinned that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so the works of God might be made visible through him. Jesus won't be forced into choosing one option or the other. He provides the disciples with a third option, that the works of God might be made visible through him. Well. What does that mean? Did God blind this man just so Jesus could heal him later? What kind of a God would do such a thing? We should take a step back or we'll only focus on the blindness and not on the man. People are born blind every day. My grandnephew was born blind. He's now 22 years old. Last Thanksgiving at his church, he spoke about the gift of blindness. You probably wouldn't expect that. He's come to a profound insight. When God created my nephew, he paid infinite attention to every detail of his creation. He chose his physical characteristics. He chose strengths to use in his service and weaknesses to be overcome or accepted and every choice, even those we might consider bad, was a gift. Paul has this in mind when he writes this in 2 Corinthians 12. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan, to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses, in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Our point of view, which is distorted by sin, impedes us from seeing that blindness could be a gift. God's ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. That's from Isaiah. This is the best I can do to explain it it's way above my pay grade next Jesus says we have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day night is coming when no one can work while I am in the world I am the light of the world so far we have been talking about blindness as a limitation of our eyes that prevents us from seeing but there's another limitation Our eyes can be perfectly healthy and functioning normally, but we are still not able to see if there is no light. In order to see, we need both the capacity to see using our eyes, and light from our environment. The original sin damaged Adam's relationship with God, and it is this damaged relationship that is passed down to us, not punishment for the act itself. If we walk further and further away from Jesus, our lives become even darker and our blindness increases. A third kind of blindness comes about from light that is too bright. Think of polar explorers who have to wear sunglasses to avoid snow blindness. How often, when our own sin is shown to us, do we turn away from the truth and close our eyes to what seems to be unbearable? The Gospel continues. When he had said this, he spat on the ground, and made clay with saliva, and smeared the clay on his eyes, and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed, and came back able to see. If you happen to be in fifth grade, and let's face it, guys, that fifth grader is still in there someplace. You're probably going to focus on the grossness of spitting on the ground, making mud, and rubbing it on this man's eyes. But if you're a Bible scholar, you'll probably be reminded of the creation story. From Genesis chapter two, a stream was welling up out of the earth and watering the surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The action of Jesus in this passage tells us a few things about what's going on. Firstly, Jesus is acting like God did on the first day of creation, by using mud to bring new life to this man. Secondly, he sends him to wash. Every time we read about water in the scriptures, we should at least consider the possibility that it's used as a symbol for baptism. I think that's exactly what's happening here. By sending him out to wash in the pool of Siloam, Jesus is signaling that he wants to heal the man at a deeper level than the mere physical. Next, we'll see how the result of this healing transforms the man and his idea of Jesus as the story plays out. So we read, His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said no, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How are your eyes opened? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. On the first telling of this story, the blind man refers to Jesus simply as the man. We will see that as the story unfolds in successive retellings, the man comes to gradually understand what has happened to him and who Jesus really is. So they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I don't know. The neighbors are most likely wanting to get in on the action or perhaps see for themselves a few miracles. Maybe the Pharisees know where Jesus is. So, they brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. Well, the fact that Jesus works on the Sabbath is a persistent problem for Jesus. It really sets him at odds with the Pharisees, who are so concerned with the minutiae of the law that they missed the big picture. So the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was division among them. So what are the Pharisees concerned about? Many of them seem to move right past the miracle to focus on the rules. A blind man from birth has just had his sight restored, and they're worried about his healer having broken the rules on the Sabbath. Why? Well, life as a Pharisee was all about keeping the rules. It was their chosen path to God. They wanted to please God, at least at first. They knew that God had given them rules and regulations, the commandments, the kosher law, the manner of their dress, and other things. And they wanted to keep them perfectly, or at least do the very best they could. Keeping the law perfectly should keep them close to God, right? At least that's what they thought. But eventually it became more about the rules and less about God himself. So in the midst of this great miracle, Many of them focus on the Sabbath law. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Notice the man who was healed has taken a step towards knowing Jesus. He now refers to him as a prophet, where before he simply called him a man. This is not welcome news for the Pharisees, who see this miracle as a weakening of their own authority. How does this carpenter turned miracle worker have the nerve to compete with them? So they deny his miracle. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We do not know how he sees now, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason his parents said, he is of age, question him. There's no possibility for debate here. There's no desire to find the truth. The Pharisees are not looking for evidence, they're looking for support for their position. And anyone who doesn't support their point of view will be ostracized. The man's parents are of no help here, so they call the man back and make very sure he knows what is at stake and what they expect him to say. So a second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. But the man does not cooperate. Instead, he replied, If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? It had become clear to the man that the Pharisees are no friends of Jesus, the man who gave him sight. The Pharisees have given him a chance to choose sides. He chooses Jesus so we continue they ridiculed him and said you are that man's disciple we are disciples of moses we know that god spoke through moses but we do not know where this one is from the pharisees claim ignorance of where jesus is and from where he's getting his power it's the only way they can maintain their facade. The man Jesus healed will have none of this." The man answered and said to them, This is what is so amazing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you are trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. The man made perfect sense. The Pharisees, unable to see past their own narrow worldview, throw him out. When Jesus had heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. The one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. The man finally sees more clearly than even the apostles. He understands that Jesus is not just the Son of Man, the Messiah. He is God he worships him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you're saying we see so your sin remains. Where are you in this story? Are you like the apostles, trying to make sense of the injustice of the world? Trying to fit what you see out there with what you believe? There's always some resistance to ideas that don't conform with our established beliefs. And this in moderation is a good thing, because without resistance and the effort needed to change our mind, we would never believe anything firmly. We would just jump into the next big thing, and the one after that, and the one after that. We would have no firm footing. But sometimes we are like the Pharisees, unwilling to change our mind, even in the face of overwhelming evidence against what we have come to believe. We form camps and surround ourselves only with those people we agree with, Opposing opinions are not allowed. Both of these extremes blind us to the truth. We need to be a little skeptical of new ideas, but also a little skeptical of our own, sometimes long-held beliefs. Now the apostles are only mentioned at the very beginning of this story, but they play a part by bringing the man to the attention of Jesus. Sure, Jesus saw him at first, But I think their question of Jesus is what prompted him to act. They had no idea what they were really doing. They were not asking Jesus to heal the man. Their concern for the man was merely academic. They used him as an object to prompt a deeper philosophical question. They didn't seem to really care about the man more than this. But that's all it took. Sometimes that's all it will take for us to call a situation or a concern to the attention of Jesus. Who are the hurting people in your life? Do you think you have to fix them or fix their circumstances? Because you don't. What you need to do is bring them to Jesus' attention. When we pray for others, we have a tendency to want to be in control. Jesus healed this person. Find this one a job. Oh, and my other friend really needs to meet a nice girl. What they all need, what we all need, is to encounter Jesus and let him do his thing. In this gospel, Jesus answered the apostles' question in a most dramatic and unexpected way. They could not have foreseen the miracle Jesus would perform or the transformation that would occur in the blind man. Neither can we foresee the miracles Jesus has in store for us and for our loved ones when we simply hand them over to him. May God bless you.